Hey guys, welcome to Tech Intern, where we sit down with the real students that tell us about their experiences and how that intern affected their career, and hopefully yours too. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Um, I'm your host, Jason Goodison, and I'm a software engineer at Microsoft. So today I'm sitting down with Tim, and he owns a YouTube channel called Tech with Tim and also techwithtim.net. But before I get into that, I just want to remind you guys that you can reach out to me at techintern.com, or you can find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. That's Jason Goodison. So Tim has over 330,000 subs on YouTube, um, and he does videos where he teaches different programming languages and how to build different projects. I'm actually working on a side project right now where I needed to learn how to use sockets, and that's actually how I found Tim in the first place. So welcome to the show, Tim. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so um, you are uh, an intern at Microsoft, right? This is your first internship. Do you want to just tell, uh, tell everyone a little bit about it? Yeah, for sure. So I am currently 19. I'm just about to turn 20. My birthday's in like 13 days or something like that. Uh, and this is going to be my first ever software engineering internship. So I just finished second year. Um, I'd gotten this internship back uh, probably almost close to a year ago, to be honest, when I went through the whole application process and all of that. Uh, and it's been going really well. I'm in about the seventh week right now. I've been working on a really cool project. I'm working on a Python extension for Visual Studio Code, which is kind of right in my wheelhouse. And yeah, it's just been a really cool experience. First software engineering internship and I feel like I've learned a ton just in these few weeks and uh, it's neat to see how things are actually done in the real world as opposed to just kind of how I would do them on my own computer for myself so yeah yeah definitely I, I mean I saw some of the work that you've done previously on your um, resume video and um, I assume most of that was kind of like just just you and you weren't working with the team so jumping up to like one of the biggest companies in tech is probably a pretty big jump right yeah, exactly. That's like the biggest thing, right? I mean, I know to program, I can solve problems, I can do all of that. But in terms of the teamwork and the communication and like all these pipelines and GitHub repositories and even like Azure, right, at Microsoft, uh, there's just so much of that stuff that I had no idea even existed or had no idea what it did. And I've been learning about that, which is really cool. So you're right. Yeah, it's been a huge adjustment, but um, need to see how you actually work on projects where there's potentially, you know, thousands of people contributing that to them. So yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so my, my first question is kind of around, um, I noticed that you went to uh, UOttawa, or you continue to go to UOttawa, you just finished up your second year, and I've been in a, a lot of talks with students lately, and actually from Ottawa and University of Windsor, uh, which is where I'm from actually, is the Windsor area. So um, one of the common questions I get is people kind of say, well, Jason, like, you know, maybe things have been different for you because you went to Waterloo, and I assume that's the case, uh, and they kind of get down on that their their school maybe is not a brand name school so my first question is like what would you tell those students um that that kind of get down on the fact that they don't go to one of the you know biggest schools in the country uh, so i think yeah that's tough right i mean obviously you know getting through all the resume checks just gonna be honest like it's gonna be easier if you're a brand name school right i'm sure there's even some companies that only hire from specific schools but that definitely does not mean you can't get a job and it also it kind of just means that you're gonna have to work harder on some other areas of your resume right you're gonna have to show why your school doesn't matter and why your skills are not linked to what school you go to, if, if that makes any sense. Like for me, for example, right. I, I went to the University of Ottawa. Um, that's not the reason, obviously, I got a job at Microsoft. I also had job uh, interviews and had uh, offers from other companies as well. But it's because the other areas of my resume showed that, hey, 
this guy doesn't go to uh, Waterloo. He doesn't go to UFT, whatever these big schools in Canada, but he has these programming skills and he can prove them in another way. So I think it's just going to be extra important to really show on your resume that, hey, you know what you're doing regardless of what school you go to. And then you have things other than just education that are showing what you do, which obviously then brings us into side projects, brings us into things like this, like a podcast, YouTube channel, all of that. Uh, and that's what I would tell him. I mean, what are you going to do, right? You can be upset about it and complain, or you can work harder and you can show that you know what you're doing regardless of what school you go to. So, Yeah, absolutely. Like, that's the thing I always come back to with them is I, is I say, yeah, like, I understand it might be a little more difficult, but if you tell yourself it's impossible, then it's going to be impossible, right? There, there, if there's a will, there's a way, right? Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, um, like, as a second-year student, I'm sure you've got lots of friends in, in second year that are making their first resumes or their second resumes, kind of their first initial ones for software engineering jobs. And my question is, what are the common resume mistakes that you see? Yeah, I think uh, there's a ton, right? And, I mean, any resume you show anyone, people are going to be able to point out mistakes. I think the biggest deal I I oftentimes notice is people focus way more on just what they do in school rather than kind of what they're doing outside and I think that to be able to stand out and just to even show that you have some kind of passion other than just what you do from your kind of eight to five your school day you have to talk about things that aren't just related to school right I mean my uh, resume for example which you could see if you want to go to my YouTube channel I have a video where I walk through it step by step almost none of that relates to my school whatsoever there's like a tiny little section that says what school I go to and it says what my GPA is that's the only thing on my resume that really talks about my school and the reason for that is because I wanted to really showcase that hey I'm super passionate about programming I'm super passionate about tech you know yes I go to school for computer science but that's not why I'm good at tech that's not why I'm applying for this job it's because I actually really like that and I would just say as a general rule of thumb if you can show a ton of things on your resume that don't relate to your school at all which is going to be hard obviously for some people um then that's number one. I think other things, people, uh, like the way they list their skills, probably the way they format the resume, that's a big deal. You know, I'm not a resume master. I've, I've uh, gone to a few different places, so it's hard for me to point out in things in particular. But also just impact, too, I think is a big deal. I think a lot of people, when they're writing things on their resume, they don't actually put what kind of impact that had. Um, and that's just a, a general rule of thumb, right? You're usually trying to say, hey, like, because I wrote this code or because I wrote this program, I was able to save people at this job, you know, six hours a week or whatever, right? You want to show that you're actually going to have impact. And especially large companies like Microsoft, as we'd both know, um, they measure your performance based on impact, right? So if you can show that you're having impact in what you're doing, regardless of how impressive it is, I think that is going to be a really important thing and something that is a big mistake that I think a lot of people uh, don't include on their resume at our age. So, Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Like when I, when I, uh, talk to people about their resumes, I always say two things that people often miss are like the why and the impact. So a lot of people will tell you the what, but they won't tell you the why and the impact. Um, and then sometimes people also shy away from really quantifying impact. They'll say stuff like, I improved the productivity. And uh, honestly, I'm like, just slap a number on that, right? Because that's what's going to stand out to people. And it doesn't have to be like, there's no auditors that's going to come and make sure that that number is exact, right? But just slap a number on it so they can get an idea of it. And I've even started resorting to um, kind of like bolding the impact part of my resume, like the bullet point, I'll actually bold the the number part of it. So it really pops out to the interviewer. So that's absolutely a, a fantastic advice. 
so my next question is kind of about kind of transitions into the next question, which is uh, beginner projects. So you tried to say something about like we should uh, not rely too heavily on our university projects or our university uh, status, you know. And so what I'm saying is what are other projects you could do in your spare time that are really going to look good on that resume? Yeah, I mean, this list is infinite, right? You can do anything. I think the biggest deal for me is just doing something that you actually thoroughly enjoy and that's unique, right? For me, for example, right, like I have a YouTube channel. That's my big thing. So my main projects are really me just filming videos on YouTube. That is kind of my project, right? Some people are really into music. You know, I would make a project around music. The idea for me when making a project is to show obviously skills to that project, but also to make something unique and to really demonstrate that the reason you made that project is not just to throw on your resume, but because you're actually passionate about what that project is. And from all the interviews that I've gone to, immediately people can tell if you really enjoy what you're doing or if you don't. And I mean, I would rather hire someone at my company who is really into programming, is really passionate, but maybe doesn't yet have all those skills that they need than someone who's really good but just doesn't care, right? And they've just gone and done the CS degree. So it's hard to give really concrete examples, um, but I'll name a few that I've done that stood out on my resume and that people have commented on. And they don't, and, and you'll notice that these are not super complicated. They're not something that is like, in a, you know, it's tens of thousands of lines of code. Because I think people get caught up trying to make something that, you know, is going to cure cancer, right? You don't, you don't need to do that. You just need to do things that show what you know. So one of the ones I did is a Sudoku solver, right? Pretty basic. It's literally like 200, 300 lines of code. I wrapped a graphical user interface around it, and I made a game where you could play Sudoku, and then when you got tired, you could press the space bar, and it would solve it for you. There you go. Example of a beginner project that was commented on at both the interviews that I went to. So at Microsoft and Shopify, both the interviewers looked at it. I'm like, oh, could you, expl- could you talk to me about how that worked? Uh, I'd also made a few kind of smaller online games. So I made an online chess game. Um, that's because I like playing chess and I did it during a 12 hour coding live stream, right? So this is not, again, something that took me months to do. It's something that I did in 12 hours that wasn't very clean. It was just something I wanted to do. But what that showed was that I had passion from that project. Right? I did it because I wanted to do it, not just because I wanted to slap it on a resume. So I think if you can find something that kind of fits your hobbies and fits what you like and then wrap a project around that, not only is it going to be a lot easier when you go to an interview to really touch on that because you actually really enjoy what you're doing. They're going to hear the passion in your voice, uh, but it's just going to show that you're doing this because you like it, not just because you want to throw it on a resume. So that, that's kind of my answer for that. It's hard to give such concrete examples because you know everyone kind of says the same thing as the beginner projects, right? So, yeah, no, but I, I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And just to, to point out to users, I watched that 12 hour coding stream and it was, it was really, uh, it was quite something like I, after I saw that, I was like, wow, what an idea. I wish I could, I, I could do something like that, but I, I think I'd get tired after a few hours. Yeah, I, I thought so as well. But you know, when you have like hundreds of people in a chat kind of beside you, kind of cheering you on and like I had committed, like, I'm going to do this even if I fall asleep in the chair, um, you just do it, right? Obviously, I yeah. don't think I could do it when I'm like 30, but you know, I'm young enough that I have enough energy right now. So <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also uh, awesome that like other people are also watching you code. So if you get stuck on a bug and um, you just can't solve it, somebody will just tell you what the what to do, right? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, some of it's a little more advanced. Like context is important. Like they might not have the same mental model that I have if they've just hopped in. But yeah, lots of times someone will point out, oh, hey, you know, you missed that line or oh, yo, like this is the reason that's breaking. And like it's also nice to just have kind of an audience to talk to, right? Because it's like it's almost like when you just 
go to someone who doesn't even know how to program and you explain your programming problem to them, all of a sudden it starts making more sense to you. And sometimes, you know, you just have that light bulb moment and you find a solution just by talking about it, which happened a lot during that stream. So, Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's kind of like the, the rubber ducky thing people talk about. You have a rubber ducky on your desk and you explain the problem. And then after you explain the problem, usually you figure out the solution. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so... I asked my friend this the other day when I first when I was in first year I remember I didn't know much about the tech industry like what areas of tech I could even go into uh, what were options but I was trying to make this first resume and the only language I had on my resume was ActionScript 3 and I don't know if you've ever heard of ActionScript 3. I've used it I've actually used yeah. it I used it in my intro to programming class in grade 11 or something like that. <laughs> yeah that's exactly uh, the boat I was in and it was yeah so it really was not marketable. And so just to kind of make myself marketable to a programming interview, uh, whatever it may be, um, I was just wondering what language should I really jump into to put on my resume to learn right now to make myself marketable. So what would your advice be to that? Yeah, it's a good question. I think a lot of people get hung up on the language, right? They're like, oh, what language do I need? What language do I, what should I learn? Should it be Python? Should it be JavaScript? Should it be this? Should it be that? Um, it really depends what you want to do, right? I think the first step to picking a language is determining what kind of job do you want to do? Like, what, where do you want to work? What is your ideal company? Uh, and then looking at popularity as well. I mean, if you want to go based on a strictly statistical answer, then you could say Python and JavaScript would probably be your best guess just because those are uh, the most popular languages, right? They're the most used. But if you want to be marketable, everyone knows those languages, right? So I've actually kind of been recommending to people now to learn languages like TypeScript and Golang and Rust and some of these like newer languages like Kotlin as well, um, because that's something that not that many, well, a lot of people know them, but not that many people that are kind of like new grads or that are just coming out of school know them because they haven't learned them because the curriculum is very outdated in a lot of schools. And I think it makes you stand out. Like I know, for example, if I saw someone who had like TypeScript on their resume and Golang or something like that, like immediately I'd be kind of intrigued because I'd be like, oh, they're learning like a really new modern language. That's interesting. Like they probably didn't just learn that in their class. They probably actually went out and learned that, right? Because I can just slap Python on my resume or JavaScript or Java or uh, any language I've learned in school, but everyone else has that too. So if you want to be marketable and stand out, I'd say learn a new language that's highly used that they wouldn't teach in school. And my two recommendations for that would be TypeScript and Golang. TypeScript would be like your JavaScript and Golang would be like your Python. Um, but again, really depends what jobs you're going for. You could also just go super specific and find like a kind of category of jobs that use super specific frameworks and tools and then just learn all of those. Like say you want to be a developer at a certain company and you know they use, you know, Redux, React, um, whatever it might be, just learn all of those and then list all those skills, right? And then immediately you're going to stand out. So, Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, I, I love... Um, the Golang kind of shout out there. I don't know Golang myself, but I do know that I have a few friends at Uber and I know Uber uses Golang. So like if you want to work at Uber, <laughs> definitely learn Golang. Um, uh, and my next question is kind of around stress management, because I know when I was in first and second year, I was always stressed and I felt like I was going to drop out, drop out all the time. And um, so obviously you have like a great GPA and you're doing this whole company on the side. So my question is, um, like, how do you manage all that stress? 
Yeah, uh, it's a good question. I mean, I always like to preface this by saying that, like, I'm pretty different than a lot of people out there. Like, I, what I'm about to explain, a lot of people might think is kind of ridiculous, like, especially for my age. But the reality is, like, this is just the way that I think. And, like, this is the way I'm able to do this. So just I want to be clear. I'm not trying to, you know, assume everyone is able to do this. But this is this is my strategy. Um, I am very good at time management. That That's just the reality of it. I just don't waste time. I don't do things that... I find not productive in my life, if, if that makes any sense. And I always have some kind of goal that I'm working towards. And I ask myself, is the task that I'm working on right now helping me work towards that goal? Um, so stress and time management, you know, obviously they go hand in hand. But for me, if I can get things done early, I can get things out of the way and uh, I have everything planned out and I know when things need to get done then I'm never really stressed because I, I never let any work build up. My my top secret really is just never letting anything build up to the point where I have too much to do that I couldn't do it an entire day, right? I want to wake up every single morning and be able to take that entire day off if I had to. Like that That's kind of my reasoning and like the, the start of what I'm going to explain here. Uh, so the way I do that at first is just by staying organized, right? I mean, I need to know when everything's happening, what I have due when, um, approximately how long everything's going to take. Like I have all of that written down. I have it in a calendar. Maybe I write it on a whiteboard in my room somewhere. Cause first of all, I don't trust my memory, especially when I have so many different things to do. I mean, I might think I'm going to remember it, but there's no chance right in two, three days. So I write everything down. And then at the beginning of every single day, I wake up and I set goals for myself and I say, hey, what do I want to achieve today? And until I achieve those goals, I don't have like my free time, like my reward time, if that makes any sense. So I usually get up at like 8 a.m. and then I'll work till 11. I start work at Microsoft at 11 and then that goes till 7. So I'm usually doing like 10, 11, 12 hours a day of work, which is a lot, but that's I have to do that to be able to manage what I'm doing. And then after that's done, so after 7, 8 p.m. is when I kind of have my free time where if I've achieve the goals throughout the day, I, uh, I I do that. Now, the wasting time thing is a big deal, though, because a lot of people don't realize how much time they actually have in a day just because they're spending it doing so many meaningless things. Like, they're not even, like, remembering they're doing, they're doing those things, if that makes any sense, right? Like TikTok, for example. I downloaded TikTok. I had it on my phone for, like, three days, and then I deleted it because I realized what a big, massive time waster it was, and I analyzed it, and I said, hey, you know, is this like a meaningful part of my day? Like, am I going to miss this if I don't do it? And I said, no, probably not. So I just cut it out, right? Same thing when I was in first year. Like, this is what I kind of, this is the story I always go back to. When I was in first year university, um, I was just an average kid. I mean, I didn't have this business. Like, I had a decent GPA. You know, maybe I was smarter than the average guy, but I, I was just an average person. I didn't do all this stuff. And the way that I was able to start doing this was by literally doing a log of all of the time that I spent, like, you know, half an hour by half an hour every single day for an entire week and determining that like 80% of my week was spent doing things that I didn't find value. I didn't find meaningful to me. I was like, why am I doing these things? I'm like, I don't even really enjoy them. They're not valuable to my life. So let me just stop doing them. And that's what I did. And I was like, okay, I play video games for three hours a day. I'm like, do I need to do three hours a day? I enjoy video games, but like is three hours how much I want to spend? No, let me spend an hour and a half. There you go. I've just gave it, given myself eight hours more every single week of time that I can put towards something. So I don't know, this is a really ranty long answer because there's so many different things that can go on. But the idea for me is just figure out how you're spending your time and cut back on the things that you don't find meaningful or valuable to your life. And if, you know, 
hanging out with friends is something you really enjoy doing and you find that meaningful to your life, then allocate time to do that. That's what I do all the time. You know, I say weekends at this time, you know, I'm going to go hang out with my friends or I'm going to go to the bar. I'm going to go do whatever. That's totally a valid thing that you can slot into your time management schedule. But you just have to know what those valuable things are, because as soon as you get rid of all those things that you don't usually do or sorry, that aren't meaningful, you have so much time. Um, you can't even imagine until you do it. So I don't know. That's kind of my answer. If you have any questions within that, it, it's really ranty. It's hard to get dialed in on that. So, no, I I couldn't agree more. Um, like I think you you like hit all the hit all the nails there. Um, the one thing I would add to it is that uh, a lot of the times we don't recognize that there are like a lot of triggers around us that will sort of trigger us to go into a distracted mode. Um, I just read a book recently called uh, Indistractable. Um, I can't remember what the the author's name was near near isle i think it was the same guy that wrote um the the book on how to make uh like addictive products and then i think he kind of went full full the other way and was like okay don't get addicted to things uh and it's more so the whole book is kind of about like how you can remove uh distractions from your life and one of those things might be putting your phone on silent or turning your phone off uh, putting it in your backpack like you don't need it in your pocket all the time right because those that's going to kind of trigger those distracted times yeah that's a that's a good point to, to add on that then um i'll say i see i don't even realize that because for me when i say i'm gonna work i actually work right i think that's an important thing too kind of allocating time throughout the day to do things and actually doing those things during that time obviously that takes a bit of willpower that maybe not everyone has but like if i say i'm gonna program for 12 hours like those streams I program for 12 hours, right? On that stream, I probably check my phone three or four different times for like 30 seconds to answer a message or something like that, right? I, I have a goal and I want to achieve that goal uh, and I don't deviate with other things that I don't find are, are valuable during that time. Of course, there's exceptions to that, but I think generally if you can commit to doing one thing at a time, you're going to save yourself a significant amount of time because as we all know, I mean, the human brain's not really that good at multitasking, right? And focusing on one thing, especially programming, uh, is so important if you want to actually do it efficiently and, and get it done well. So, Yeah, awesome. Well, um, I don't have any more questions for you. So uh, if you want to just tell the viewers a little bit more about Tech with Tim and how they can access it and what resources they can use there to help them. Yeah, for sure. So Tech with Tim is a YouTube channel. It's a website. It's almost kind of like a personal brand at this point um, that just shares uh, programming content. So educational programming content. So that could be full tutorials. For example, there's going to be one coming out soon on building a full REST API in Python. Uh, and then also some tips and advice videos similar to kind of what you've been asking here. So I have some videos talking about, you know, how do I manage my time? Uh, how do five tips for computer science students, you know, what's good on a resume, stuff like that. That's what I put on my channel. Uh, it's been something I've been working on for probably about three or four years now. Started when I was 16 uh, and really just kind of turned into a business as soon as I hit university because it was generating substantial income and now is one of the main reasons why I've been able to get a job at Microsoft it's one of the reasons I've been able to have you know conversations like this with people like you right that never would happen otherwise uh, to access it you know literally go on Google search tech with Tim uh, you know spaces no spaces doesn't matter uh, you'll find my website you'll find discord channel you'll find YouTube and from there search through and look for whatever you want I'll say a majority of the content is Python but I do have tutorials on Golang I've got some other random videos then I have ones on Java and JavaScript and there's usually for a lot of those tutorials full text-based versions on my website that you can follow along with if you'd prefer the transcription rather than uh, just the video so yeah awesome all right well thank you so much for joining me today Tim yeah no problem thanks for having me on Jason it was a good time
hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I know that I definitely learned something. Um, and please don't forget, reach out techintern.com or the Tech Intern Instagram handle, and we can set up a coffee chat or a resume critique or something like that. Thanks so much. I'll see you next Monday.